Podcast One. Welcome to Media Landscapes, the podcast from Group M Australia. I'm Rosie Baker, Group Communications Director, and I'm in the Podcast One Australia studio with our Head of Trading Intelligence, Lisa Newland, who's part of our Trading, Investment and Strategic Partnerships team, and our CEO, Mark Lolbach. This podcast series is based on Media Landscapes, a collection of essays written by Group M's Global President of Business Intelligence, Brian Weezer, to dig deeper into where ad spend is going in 2020, to look at the unique challenges advertisers face, and explore the current and future status of some of the world's largest media companies. There's a lot of information in there, so what we're doing with this podcast series is pulling out some of the highlights to bring you a bite-sized overview and local analysis of the biggest trends affecting marketers and the media. This episode, Indifference Makes the Difference. We're looking at the economics of media and advertising, how ad-funded models work and how ad-free models work and how they work together. Lisa, can you give me an overview of what we're talking about here? Yeah, so economists talk about the two-sided market and it just essentially means that media owners provide content for consumers and then consumers provide their attention to marketers. And these days we look at the the data that that provides as well as um, the advertising opportunity to those consumers. So we're talking a little bit about the attention economy here really. And so basically when it comes to -to free-to-air television in Australia, consumers are paying for their content with their attention and sometimes their data and the TV networks are in turn funded by marketers' budgets. But this is all obviously changing with the likes of Netflix coming on the scene, which we've discussed in previous episodes. How do we see this in Australia historically and how's it shifting? What are the pressures on those media owners, Mark? Well, they're under a lot of pressure. It's not a new model, yeah, where basically if you get something for free, there's a trade-off. And historically in broadcasting, that has been, I'll bring you some fantastic shows from around the world or locally produced content. In exchange for that, for anywhere between six and 12 minutes, I'm going to run some advertising that will disrupt that experience, but hopefully also bring some value to you. And that has funded the model. The challenge with the new model is that the user experience changes dramatically. And that's why people are saying, well, okay, for a very small amount of money, I can take that disruption out. So where that's putting pressure on the existing broadcasters is not only consumers are voting with their feet to have a better experience, and therefore the ad revenue going into those broadcasters is declining. And it's quite significant. Like it's, you know, percentages a year, but on very large numbers. So if you're seeing a continued 2 or 3% decline year on year of ad revenue going into that platform, That's a significant challenge for their business structure because their costs are going up. They're trying to compete on content. They've got to compete on running not just one channel now, multiple channels. They're running digital platforms. They're running DMPs. They're running all this sort of stuff that they've got to fund somehow. So, yeah, it's a very challenging time. And I think we're seeing that reflected in the stock prices of many of the broadcasters at the moment. I think we're also seeing that's why if you look at maybe what Hugh's doing over at Nine where he's actually trying to say, okay, I better own a very big footprint here. I better have more than just eyeballs. I better have lots of different ways of getting a connected journey, whether it's through newspapers, whether it's through radio, whether it's through regional television, whether it's through metro television, is one strategy. There's other groups, if I look at Seven and say what James is doing, he's trying to go the other way and saying, actually, I'm going to clean everything up and I'm just going to go hardcore on the best television experience. That's the impact it's having. People are rethinking, actually, not know so much what their service is, but actually what is their business model that is going to be sustainable. So it's driving innovation across the board in, in all areas. Yep. 
And Lisa, what's your perspective on the pressures that we're seeing on local broadcasters and local networks from this from these changing business models that are emerging? The disruption that Netflix, Amazon Prime, Hulu have brought, you know, about going direct to consumer, they've actually incentivised customers to cut the cord with traditional television. And so this not only disrupts the TV network's model, it disrupts the studio's model because they were used to selling bundles to networks and distributors and now the studios know that they have to produce content but having to keep up with the uncluttered Netflix that have got investors that are willing to support growth without positive cash flow. So locally, broadcasters are being quite smart and you saw it a lot in the recent upfronts. They're looking at reducing their ad loads to increase the viewer's experience. And they've invested in high quality locally produced infantry. So Seven and Fox both talked about reducing ad loads, as did SBS. They've already done it. They've also already invested a lot in their BVOD platform as well. Nine focused on creating a platform, to Mark's point, that speaks directly to consumers via content and their data and their technology assets. And this means a better experience for viewers and less clutter and more cut through for advertisers. There's a continuous debate about whether investor pressure will, you know, as we've discussed, have Netflix run ads. But businesses like CBS All Access and Disney Plus, they're the closest to representing the new media company where they may be able to compete with, you know, they've got that light infrastructure media ready to go. And so they're the best set up to lean into the future. Podcasts, just like the one you're listening to, are becoming the go-to medium as a trusted environment. More and more, people are choosing to listen to original podcasts where they can be entertained, informed or educated. Podcast One Australia focus on creating premium original podcasts with some of Australia's biggest household names, allowing brands to deliver their message in a trusted environment that makes a difference. 63% of listeners that have heard a brand message within Podcast One Australia podcast have taken action. So to have your brand message have greater impact or create a new trusted environment for your own communication, Get in touch with the team at Podcast One Australia by emailing sales at podcastone.com.au. So we've talked a lot about Netflix obviously having a big impact on the whole ecosystem, but Brian in his original essay in the Media Landscapes book talks about Amazon as an example. And we've touched upon Amazon a little bit, but it's obviously relatively new coming into the Australian market and it's growing its advertising platform. But Lisa, what's the story around Amazon in this context? Yeah, so Amazon ranks about third as the most important seller of digital advertising globally after Google and Facebook. And yet advertising represents about only 5 to 6% of their total revenue. So its decisions are based on different economies. It's it's uh, become a media owner for a different reason, largely to drive sales of more products on their e-commerce platform. So Group M now have an e-commerce specialist division and we're certainly backing the growth um, and client interest in Amazon here in Australia. Their recent acquisition of Seismic, it's an inexpensive way to deepen relationships with advertisers and who want to use their ad server and dynamic creative options, but it's unlikely that they'll pursue sort of more ad-supported companies. They're another example of a platform that's not reliant on advertiser and the consumers. They're, they're changing the market and, and people's perception. And Mark, what's your view on the um, Amazon business model coming into this market and the impact that you think we'll see here? What we have seen so far is probably 10% of the might and capability of what Amazon will actually bring. And let's get out of the US for a minute, because the US always talks about that. Let's even go to Europe. You go to Germany today, average households in Germany are probably ordering stuff off Amazon, home delivered two, three, four times a week. Um, It's actually just in people's DNA today. I think Amazon has a fascinating business model, because, you know, basically they're just going to dominate everything. And it's a very long game that they're playing. 
and they would disrupt, and it's always the most fascinating area, they would disrupt multiple channels, including media, including the advertising model, including content production, in a way that we've never seen before because they're not disrupting to make money, they're disrupting to just build out their service and complement what they're already doing. So, you know, in the, you know, if you look at Amazon Prime and you actually get free delivery, unlimited free delivery, free content, et cetera. Yeah. And wait till he gets into broadband and then he's going, and also not only that he has his own products on there. So the advertisers are helping create the quality and then he just goes and says, okay, I've got all the data in the world. The most popular thing that I'm seeing at this time of year is X. And then I'll go and do an Amazon labeled version of that. And then he's selling that as well. So whether he makes money out of content doesn't matter. That's really hard for somebody who competes that their only revenue source is content, like a Netflix. So that's why I think, at least your point earlier, it will be interesting to see what happens. Because at some point, a business like Netflix could be disrupted so much, even though it was a disruptor, that it will need to go to advertise funding, otherwise it will be broke. And then what happens to the consumer who goes, actually, the reason I subscribe to you is I don't want to see the ads, and now I'm paying for ads. Um, does that lead you down the Spotify model? Don't know. And I think that's why it's so fascinating. All we know is that it's going to keep changing, but Amazon will change the rules probably even more than any of the other people have done so far. So watch this space for Amazon. It's early days, but a big impact still to come. That wraps up this episode of Media Landscapes, the podcast from Group M Australia. And if that whet your appetite, you can find the full essay with much more detail on our website, groupm.com news, or by searching Group M Media Landscapes. In episode five, we'll be tackling the relevance of media agencies. We'll be touching on marketing technology, in-housing, and data. This podcast was recorded and produced by Podcast One Australia, presented by me, Rosie Baker, Mark Lollback, and Lisa Newland. If you have any questions on what we've discussed in this podcast, or if you've missed any episodes, you can email me on rosie.baker at groupm.com. <laughs>